You got the chill. The chill. The chill. The chill. Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton. People like me. That's some booty, Jim. Presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. Everyone is so mean to me. I am Jim Rutledge. You never go full Rutledge. <laughs> there is not a lot of things more satisfying than watching a bush. That's hot. Adult film stars, Matt Hamilton. Mr. Clean's kind of hot. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> He's buff. Broadcasting live from the Everlight Solar Studio with Matt Hamilton, Piers, Jim Rutledge. Yeah, it is. No Matt Hamilton. Downtown, the unsinkable Molly Brown in for Mr. Matt Hamilton. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. If the mountains are blue, you know what to do. Have a Coors. Have a Coors. <laughs> That's Crush, a Coors Light. I thought you were going to go with that one, primetime Wallershine, but uh, the parrot impersonation from Matt Hamilton, we will take it on an overreaction Friday. Get into the show, 844-770-3776. And uh, I'll, I'll let Molly uh, start the show off with her overreaction. You are the resident Packer fan today. I will share my overreaction. It's mostly about the reactions to people in this game. Plenty of blame to go around, Molly Brown, but what's your overreaction to the uh, Green Bay Packers and their loss... I would say humiliating loss to the Detroit Lions. Moving around on me now? I am. Uh, not Did sure you break <laughs> the equipment? Is this what happened? I really hope I didn't. I spilled something? Yes, you did. Maybe, maybe. We're talking up to Matt Hamilton sitting there too much, spitting on the microphone. Yeah, I think so. I think Too many Coors Lights <laughs> spilled over there. Broke it. All right, explain what happened. Uh, I may or may not have come in here with a certain drink and... Uh, Bumped it because I was so excited to be on during drive time of Relish and Hamilton. And it spilled on the on and off button, and now my bike is not working. I don't think the two are connected, though. Well, why else wouldn't it work, Molly? This Matt is, Hamilton, duh. This I would play prime time. Do you have her microphone up? Uh, I do now, yes. I have microphone three up, and microphone two is up. It was turned on, and I was not hearing a single thing coming from Molly. <laughs> All right. Look, it, look, <laughs> I hope it this happens, doesn't come guys. out of my next paycheck. Hot start, Molly Brown. Well, so I'll set you up again, but first we'll hear from the Adam of Madison again. An overreaction Monday, so chime in with your overreaction to the Packers' loss, humiliating loss to the Detroit Lions at home. This game was at home. It was a... Not a must-win game, but if the Packers wanted to feel like they were truly contending for the North, needed to win this. Can't lose the home game in a home-and-home series. It's a little tougher now going forward. So not a must-win, but if they wanted to be the team that we all wanted them to be, or Packer fans wanted them to be, you needed to win that one. Be 3-1. and one. That fourth quarter Atlanta looks like an aberration. The Saints game looks like, hey, they figured it out. They're going forward. Everything is just good. Now they're looking at a team that could have easily been one and three. They're two and two. I think two and two is a fair. I think that's a pretty fair reflection of what this football team was, with mm-hmm. the asterisk of everyone's going to beat the Bears. So it's like maybe one and a half and two. <laughs> but I mean, we can't do. We can't have our cake and eat it too. We can't all just be like Bears suck. Bears are the crappiest team in the NFL. But what a win we had over that terrible team. Well, I, I, th- I think it was okay. No, you, you get the win. The win was a win. Yes. But my point is, two and two feels about right. Two and two, yeah. I think, as you started the season, you'd be okay with two and two, but you could have been one and three. 
Could have been three and one. You should, you could yeah. have beaten Atlanta. Could have beaten New mm-hmm. Orleans. Should have beaten you know obviously you beat Chicago. Yeah. So two and two feels like their real record. But eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. How are you feeling today? Jason the Lions fan chimes in. I told you, I was going to feel ecstatic today. Uh, the Adam Madison chimes in. Any other armchair QBs out there that were beyond frustrated last night with the fact we couldn't block at all and still didn't do anything about it? Detroit has a phenomenal line on both offense and defense, yet we didn't set up any running back or wide receiver screens. No jet sweeps, no quick slants, nothing to keep them honest. We just put the we let them pin their ears back and constantly walk into our backfield while calling plays that take time to develop. Knowing we're down two to three offensive linemen, honestly, quite pitiful. How many gulps of fresh air did you need to get through that? Yeah, <laughs> sorry there. Uh, and then Tim in Oregon chimes in. Uh, you are right, Jim. Oh, gosh. I like to hear that one. That one makes me feel good. I will say this on the offense. Jordan Love in this offense was complicit in this loss, not just Matt LaFleur. You gained one yard in the first quarter and 20 yards in the first half. You can't run the ball. You can't have a balanced offense. Now, they should have run it when they got the ball from uh, Detroit, the, the turnover mm-hmm. from Jared Goff, but they were going for the kill shot. They wanted the big play. He that's, he, that's what they've been successful on, not even connecting the throw, but getting the, pa- getting the pass interference yards for right, how many but I mean, straight. like he thought he was calling it like he had Aaron Rodgers back there. That's an Aaron Rodgers move. You get the interception, you go for the kill shot. Mm-hmm. Instead of, let's just run the ball, let's get our points, and let's just be strategic, run our offense. Do you have an issue with the Packers only using Aaron Jones six times? Six touches he had in the entire game. What was the point of activating him for this game? They lo- they lost the thread because they got down too much. And, and I'm not excusing it. The but defense still, was part though. of the problem. But when your offense does bup kiss to start to get absolutely zip, they gave you nothing. They gave you the offense with a negative in the first quarter, mm-hmm. and then I put the defense behind the eight ball. And now the game is running downhill. They should have used them earlier. But when you're getting essentially blown out, and the Lions are basically playing a basically second half defense of like we're just not going to blow it. Like, mm-hmm. just go ahead and have your long drive to start the third quarter and eat up seven minutes. That's great. What we're going to do on offense is we're just going to hand the ball off. We're just going to bleed this game out because that's what happened. They got their butts kicked in the first half, and Detroit bled the game out in the second half. But if you're Matt LaFleur, don't you think, especially with this being such a young team, that's what we love to talk about, is that they're a young team, they're going to learn, they're going to develop, they're going to keep getting better. Wouldn't it have been better for this team, whether the score was 24-3 to or whatever the heck it was at one point, just establish a rhythm, whether that's getting Aaron Jones more involved, whether that's like, so then you don't make Jordan Love feel like he sucks if he's not completing these passes and such. Like, why didn't Matt LaFleur keep with the run or keep just doing something to be consistent to make it feel like this team was going to get better rather than feeling like you're blowing a game that you were hoping was going to be close. Okay, but you were down. Here's and I get what you're saying, but that only really holds water for like the first quarter. You're down fourteen to three all of a sudden after the first quarter. I get it, but like, and then you're down twenty-seven to three at halftime. You can't run the football. It's over. The game is over. I get it, but if you ha- if you have a quarterback that's not experienced enough to keep connecting these passes that are you need to throw down the field in order to get that but many okay, points so that fast, I, I, then you can't just keep doing that. But in Detroit, and I, here's what I'll give you: Detroit was allowing you to throw these shorter, you know, these passes, and like we'll keep you in front and run the clock out. They would have given you the running yards. Absolutely. But Coach, I'm not excusing it, but it's clearly what he what happened was here. They were down 27-3. to The offense was complicit in this. The defense didn't get the stops, but the offense interceptions. Uh, Love started seeing ghosts for a little bit there. He didn't get the ball out fast enough. Didn't have a quick trigger on some of those throws, at least to throw it away. 
threw an interception, fumbled the ball. Like I mean, it was a, if any other quarterback that's not a Green Bay Packers quarterback has this game, you're chiming in and you're saying that was not a good football game for Jordan Love or the offense. Now, the defense did not do their job, but my whole point is neither did the offense. And I get it. The, the play calling is part of it, but when you're down so big, there's only so much you can do. Look, it's convenient that Matt LaFleur did not, at least the quotes I saw, did not turn the spotlight onto the offense, which was uh, uh, impotent yeah. against the Lions. What he did was say, oh, look at that defense, man. What he are we did, doing he, here? He did say... I don't know the exact quote, but it was something to the effect of abandoning the run and then not being able to stop the run. If you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, that's the definition of insanity, essentially is what he said. So it's like he he took, quote-unquote, credit for stop running the ball, but like he didn't take credit for bad play calling. He just pointed the finger at Joe Barry and this defense. America's favorite Alex, Alex G, chimes in. Molly, have you tried putting the on-and-off switch in rice? Uh, the Adam and Madison works. chimes in. I have an issue with it being 24 to 3 before Jones touched the ball. Absolutely. But if the offense, it should not have been 24 to 3. Jones, even not giving Jones the ball doesn't mean that Jordan Love can't complete passes. Yes. And, and I get you got to keep the defense honest and keep them off guard. But the defense, like, they, they were not afraid. There was no fear. They were not, like, they were not worried about getting beaten over the top. They were not worried about anything that Jordan Love was going to do to them a game, like, at all. They were blitzing. They were destroying. Like, not one second was there an inch of fear from the Detroit Lions. Now, that's the way that team plays. They yeah, play I was like, going to say, they, they can play like that because they have nothing to lose, right? Well, no. This year, they have something to use. They're the perennial, so? They are the favorites to win the division. If they don't win the division, it's going to be the same old Lions. They have something but, to lose this year. But if they have the same expectations that the Green Bay Packers have the same, like the exact same, right? Like if you're like, oh, the Detroit Lions are going to win the division. The Detroit Lions are going to get to the playoffs. If they don't get to it, people are kind of like, eh, it's the Lions. If it was opposite and it was the Green Bay Packers in that situation, then it's, oh, the Packers didn't get to the playoffs. They should have gotten to the playoffs. They're the team. No, okay. Not for the Packers this year with Jordan Love. The pressure's off of them. Nobody, because here I'm talking from I'm not, fans. Okay. Like, from fan, even national media, the Packers are a darling story. Like, look at them. They're two and two. People, they don't, there was still national media saying that the Packers were going to win the division. I think there's pressure from higher up people that don't watch the Green Bay Packers. But in a no but, pressure from. But me. the pressure was like, hey, the, the but what they said was the NFC North. It's bad, so the Packers could just take it. Like the rest of the team is good. They've gotten a pass. The Packers are playing a a pressure-free season. Part of the reason I think people thought they might win the North was that there's no pressure on them. Detroit, especially Detroit, with all the baggage they've carried of being the Detroit Lions, carry a ton of pressure and a ton of weight this year. They won, what, eight out of their last nine games? Mm -hmm. And then they started, what, one and six last year? So that team needed this game. They need to play well this year. They are a very good football team. They easily could be undefeated. They lost to a good Seattle team that could be a playoff team. They lost that game in overtime. So Detroit, to me, is the head of the class. Like I will be surprised after watching this game, barring a major injury, if Detroit doesn't win this division and kind of run away with it. Now now we're talking about the Packers are battling it out for a wild card spot, which is where they were last year. And You can reset and reshuffle the deck and be happy about the future of the Packers, but I'll say this year, there's still a lot of growing pains to be had. Phil and Wanaki chimes in. Been saying this for year, years. Matt is an average play caller at best. Rodgers masked Matt's ineptitude. He called a speed option. Really? That's Phil in the key. Well, I think so much, at least for me, up until this year, like I thought that this year was going to be the year that we're really going to see the type of coach that Matt LaFleur was, right? Like He doesn't have Aaron Rodgers to hide behind. We are going to see it. We're going to see like 
what he's capable of doing. And so far, I mean, what what do we grade? Uh, I almost said Matt Hamilton. What do we grade Matt Lafleur? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> Zero for Matt Hamilton. Like, well, what do we grade him on a scale of one to ten? Matt Lafleur. We can start with Lafleur. I want to talk about Jordan Love here. Matt Lafleur. Here's the thing: the Packers looked. They were bad. I mean, Jordan Love and the Packers looked meh against the Bears in the first half. True. And then at halftime, Lafleur went in and said, "Let's get the ball to Aaron Jones." They beat this. They, that blew that game over. That game was done. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Atlanta game, pretty meh. And then all of a sudden, things got way better in the second half against Atlanta, third quarter specifically. Okay. Then the offense just couldn't Horrible. get it done in the fourth quarter. Then you had the, the, the New Orleans game. Now, that game was an aberration, but he finally figured it out in the fourth quarter with some good play calling and got the guys in the right position. And certain other players got hurt. On- right. And in this case, right, Carr getting hurt clearly helped. But and then in this case, their best drive of the entire game was coming out of the third quarter. So Matt LaFleur, the biggest knockout, and I think the play calling he's done for Jordan Love has been incredibly helpful. The training wheels are on. I mean, this is an offense that is very much of, we're going to run the football. Like, this, is what, this is what I've been saying. Training wheels on Jordan Love, good, good, to, uh, pretty good NFL quarterback. Training wheels off last night, not good. No training wheels. We're not going to run the football. We're down. You have pressure. Now go do something. Ain't a bupkis. But didn't wasn't last night's game kind of reminiscent of last season with Aaron Rodgers too? Though, like anytime that they abandoned the run because they got down too far, it was just like okay, like it's done. Right. So it felt just very. I think I think that's maybe why I'm not upset about it because. I feel like I'd be a lot more upset if that was the exact same game with Aaron Rodgers. That's fair, but Aaron Rodgers is not here anymore, and Jordan Love... I understand, but I'm not expecting Jordan Love to be a guy that can win a game through his quarterback skills. I'm not asking him to win a game, but he look, when it mattered, it was horrible. The first half was horrendous, and that's when that game mattered. That game was done at halftime because Detroit went to a basically a, a shell-type defense. They're not going to throw a lot out. You're not going to get burned over the top. They're not going to throw elaborate, exotic blitzes at you. They're going to say, go ahead, take it down the field, run your offense, get some chunk play. We're just, you're not going to score a bunch of points quickly. And what we're going to do on offense is we're going to run it. We're going to run down the clock. We'll run some efficient plays. We're not going to get crazy here. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. The Lions bled out that game. The Packers were never in it. The Lions had control of that game. The score got close for a second. But that's because the way the Lions were playing. They yeah, there was a, a minute there where I was like, oh, hey, are, are we going to do it again? And I was like, nope. And th- then that's my point. <laughs> Detroit felt in control. They yeah. felt fine. They felt good enough about their offensive defense to say, we're just prevent offense and prevent defense the whole second half. That's how little respect they had for the Packers' offense and defense. They said, we're just going to shut it down. We'll just shut it down in the second half. His last two games, Jordan Love has two touchdowns, two interceptions, a 56% completion percentage, 500 yards, and a QB rating of 65, and a QBR of 30. Those are his last two games. <laughs> maybe, those- I mean, maybe I'm not as upset about Jordan Love because my expectations were not high for him at all. My expectations for the entire offense just weren't high at all. Are the expectations you had for Jordan Love, what he did the last two games? Um... I think he would have, honestly, going into it, I thought he might have had more interceptions in just those two games. Campbell said to the floor, Matt, if you're afraid to buy a Chihuahua, be the CEO of this team. That was Dave and Deerfield, our lunch friend. I don't know what that means. Wait, what? Can you what? repeat that? <laughs> what? If Campbell you're... said to the floor, Matt, if you're afraid to buy a Chihuahua, 
be the CEO of this team. Can you further explain? Do you say it's Daryl? Dave and Deerfield. Dave and Deerfield. I'm just reading it out here from uh, that. Jason. Maybe I'm not smart enough for this. Same. I don't know what's going on. Is he saying he needs a bigger dog in him or something? Like Chihuahua, like Matt LaFleur is a baby Chihuahua? I don't, this is going over all of our heads. I don't know. Jason, the Lion <laughs> fan, chimes in. The reason the Lions play hard is A, Dan Campbell's personality, B, a staff full of former players with that the current players respect, and C, a play caller who built the offense with Goff do the Packers players respect LaFleur and Barry? I'll tell you what. As a guy who's rooting for a team whose season's already over, I like that Lions play caller, Ben Johnson. Mm-hmm. He's creative. He's aggressive at the right times. But uh, we're going to ask our first Iron Jack poll question at the request of our guest uh, host today, Molly Brown. What grade would you give Matt LaFleur through the first quarter of the season-ish? But, I mean, like they've, they've changed the games. Four games is still the benchmark, right? I mean, they got an extra game in there. They used to, you know, so now they, they play 17 games, but it used to be four. Okay. But we're just going to call it the quarter of the yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, we're about a quarter. We're at the quarter pole. Round up, down. And yeah, Dave from Deerfield Chimes. And yes, buy a bigger dog if you're afraid. Does LaFleur have a Chihuahua? Not as far as I know. I mean, it would be very out of, out of place in Green Bay, at least. It felt like Green Bay to me. What's, what's in place in Green Chihu- Bay? A Chihuahua? Um, a Golden, golden Retriever, retriever for um, sure. Golden Retriever, St. Bernard. I mean, some, some, a dog that could survive in the tundra. Hey, what, what does it mean to call somebody a Golden Retriever? To call a human a Golden Retriever? I think it's, a, it's maybe a backhanded compliment. Is it? Well, because like a Golden Retriever is a very obedient dog and a dog that wants to please, but... Like, it's not like a police dog. I mean, would you want to be called like a German shepherd who like is seeking, you know, that can like smell out drugs or criminals or lost kids or something like that? Or would you want to be a, a golden retriever who's like, you're incredibly obedient. Sniff out drugs, <laughs> cr- criminals or lost kids. Well, that's like my youngest loves dogs and we read these dog stories and like one of the dogs is the canine and that's what his job was. So I was just... Um. I was thinking more like a golden retriever is just like, oh, like you're so nice. You're such a little like family. So Jason chimes in with what I thought about it was loyal but stupid. <laughs> oh. Well, I'm just, okay. Let me just give Everybody's you a Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. Our now, Matt, Lef- Matt Hamilton does have golden retrievers. That's why I'm being a little say. bit. Uh, Matt Hamilton's a golden retriever. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Totally. Why do we think his microphone is broken? He was he's probably th- chewing at it. <laughs> <laughs> Jude on the cord. Did we forget what? to take? Did we forget to wear him out before the show? <laughs> we forgot to fill his bowl. <laughs> forgot to feed him. <laughs> All right, eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. What dog would you want to be described as? Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. You could be a winning dog by going to Ho Chunk Gamey Madison because that's where winners go. I don't think dogs are allowed, but you could go be a winner Service and dogs. get yourself what? Yes, absolutely. Uh, get yourself whatever kind of dog you want. By going to be a winner at Ho Chunk Gaming Madison, over twelve million dollars in jackpots last month alone at Ho Chunk Gaming Madison. Go be a winner and go to Ho Chunk Gaming Madison. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Molly Brown, presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh yeah, round and round. Justice today for uh, Tupac Shakur and his family. <laughs> for those who care, 
Uh, his uh, his murder's been solved, I guess, out in Vegas. They found the person that uh, that shot him. I'm going to just put this little note in here. How did it take him this long? Because the guy they ended up arresting for this was in the car of the person who shot Tupac, and he was the uncle of the person that Tupac had beaten up earlier in the day. It took him this long to get this nailed down? Because that guy sure, sure as heck sounds like the guy that would have done this. He would have been a prime suspect. Well, yeah. do, Does anybody know, Jim, you might, because you're kind of dialed into like the current events. What was like the evidence that led them to find out that it was this guy? I haven't seen that yet. I know they've been kind of circling this for a couple weeks now. And so, look, congr- I'm happy they saw Congrats. It. Well, congratulations to his family. Like, oh. I think that those Tupac's family, I think that like uh, those who... Uh, if you had a, someone murdered, I guess, I'd want it solved. For sure. So that's got to be... Now, his obviously, Tupac has passed and his mom has passed, so his, that was kind of his immediate family, but there's still family members out there that get a little peace today. This is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Jim Rutledge, Molly Brown with you. We're live from the Everlight Solar Studio. Give it to the show, 844-770-3776. Had a debate in the office today, and I want to bring it to the air with this. Do you think... It is better, as a Packers fan, would you prefer that Matt LaFleur be the problem or Jordan Love be a problem? Like, would you rather Matt LaFleur be a good coach or Jordan Love be a good QB? Wait, would I rather have Matt LaFleur as a good coach or Jordan Love as a good QB? Yes. Because we're basically asking how much does the coach affect the QB? And I'll, I'll, I'm gonna, you guys think about it, but 844-770-3776. Ryan, word that the best you can. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find the best way to word this. <laughs> do we want to frame it positively or negatively? Or do we want to say... Do What's we more important, Jordan- Matt LaFleur to be good at his job or Jordan Love to be good at his job? Okay. How about like that? that yeah, I'm, I, I think that's the best way to phrase it based off what we're looking for. 844-770-3776. This is also an audio medium, and so if you are listening, you can just chime in. We're going to get to Robin Madison in a minute. So the social part... We'll see how that goes. But I want you to call in. What do you think people are going to choose? I think they're going to choose Jordan Love. Same. But here's the way I look at it. And we can just look down to Chicago. And I think Justin Fields was a high ceiling and a low floor player. And I think that Chicago basically did the worst they possibly could with a talent like Justin Fields. And I think if he had gone to a different team with a different setup, like they and their uh, former developer of player personnel said we didn't want to play Justin as early as we did like that was already a mistake we had to put him in there he got sacked nine times his first game he wasn't ready to play his confidence was already destroyed we were trying to fix his footwork we we're trying to fix his arm we we're trying to fix all this stuff and then we had to play him and so you look at Jordan Love with the Packers you were able to fix his footwork you were able to get his mechanics correct as far as his throwing mechanics you were allowing him to run this offense and be in basically Inertiated in this offense here. You just had it like you're just running. Matt LaFleur is the play caller. This is his offense. You've been in this playbook for four years mm-hmm. and you know it. So now all of a sudden you go out there, an athlete, reacting is the key. We hear about this all the time with the Badgers. Like the Badgers talk about it. Hey, our offense and defense, we're learning new offense, learning new defense. We're not reacting yet. We're getting closer, but we're not reacting yet. Same thing with Jordan Love. He's out there. It's different in a game, but I'm sorry, it's way better. For him, and this is a credit to the Packers for how they set this up and coach the floor, that he's been able to know this offense. Like, this offense should not be a trick to him. He, this, think of it a foreign language. Well, you know the foreign language, and now you've been dropped into a foreign country as opposed mm-hmm. to being dropped into a foreign country and as, to a, learn the language. Right, as like a freshman in college. So that's one part of it. And then in his case, all the mechanics and all the other things that needed to be fixed from a young QB 
have been fixed. So now he's not thinking through that. It's second nature to him. He's not trying to figure that out on the fly. So for me, if I'm a Packers fan, if I had to choose which I'd prefer, I'd rather have the great coach who can find run the right system because then obviously you identify. Like Jordan Love is the right quarterback for this system. I don't think like Josh Allen could run this system. Look at Zach Wilson with the Jets. Yes, he has problems, but his confidence was destroyed, and this is not the right offense for what he does well. He is a deep ball thrower. He is a playmaker. He's not a system guy. Look at Justin Fields. There's plenty of quarterbacks who have plenty of talent, who worked hard, that everything you'd want for, that I think their teams did not get the most out of. And I think the Packers, whatever Jordan Love is, they're going to get the most out of him, all things considered. Maybe they don't get it all, but like all things considered, he is set up for success. Even Matt LaFleur is a play caller. Think of those games. Think of all the positives you were feeling before. Running the football, keeping the training wheels on, allowing him to get the ball to his playmakers, and trying to make life as easy as possible for him. So if you had to choose, I would pick the quarterback. I would want the quarterback in the system to be right. Look at San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan. They're winning with the revolving door of quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Look at John Harbaugh. Now they have Lamar Jackson, but they won with Flacco and they won in between there. So these teams that are great at it, Philly, you know, that was a little different because they switched out coaches, but some of these teams like Belichick, obviously had Brady, but they're still like a competitive football team. And so I'd rather have a system and a top-notch organization than have a quarterback because unless he's Aaron, Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes, and I don't know what they would do if they were in the wrong system or not done right, taught right. Mahomes got to sit for a year. Rodgers got to sit mm-hmm. for a few years. So 844-770-3776. Would you rather the Packers have uh, Matt LaFleur be great or Jordan Love be great? 844-770-3776. So I feel like I, I think this poll is going to go Jordan Love, like you said. I just feel like as Packer fans, we're like, we want a good quarterback because we're so used to it, right? Mm-hmm. But, and honestly, that's like my initial response is like, I want the good quarterback a good quarterback can play for any coach. Doesn't matter what the coach is. But then, as you're talking, I'm sitting here and I'm like, wait, maybe this has been the problem with the Packers for so many years is that we've never had a coach like an Andy Reid, Kyle Shanahan. We've never had somebody that can just mold everything to be great. Like, you know what I mean? So I, I'm like thinking, I feel like I'm, I'm switching to be the coaching aspect, because then it's like I think about the the Wisconsin Badgers too. I feel like there's so many similarities between the Packers and the Badgers that like, what could the Badgers have done with different coaches in order to make their quarterbacks in the past be better? And I I don't know. I just like I think about that with the Packers. So yeah, we've been spoiled with people like Rodgers and Favre that are just great quarterbacks, and I would almost take. Jordan Love being a Jimmy Garoppolo, but Matt LaFleur being a Kyle Shanahan to make it, like you're saying, the success that, for instance, the 49ers are having with, like, Brock Purdy. 844-770-3776. I'm just going to put it exactly like this is what I just retweeted at Jim Rutledge. Do you think, say this out loud, do you think that every quarterback in the NFL has failed because they weren't talented or smart enough and didn't work hard enough, or do you think maybe it's the system, the coach, and everything else? What was the first option? So you can you say that you think every quarterback in the NFL who failed failed because they weren't talented enough and weren't smart enough and didn't work hard enough, or is it more likely they weren't put in the right position? I'm not saying every quarterback, but I think there's more quarterbacks who have failed because they weren't set up for success than it's been coaches 
or you know, the players have like overridden the coach. Yeah, you got Aaron Rodgers at the end. Someone chimed in with Aaron Rodgers winning with Mike McCarthy. Let's not forget, folks. And I'm not here for Mike McCarthy slander. Mike McCarthy, for a while, was mm-hmm. viewed as a top-notch offensive mind in the NFL. Absolutely. The league passed him by. And, oh, what happened then? Then the offense got stagnant, and Aaron Rodgers didn't look as good. Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. He can do a lot of things. But that was a pretty cooked Aaron Rodgers. I'm talking when you're starting a quarterback's career. You can, I think it can go wrong so many ways. There's so many good quarterbacks that it can go wrong with. Robin Madison, 844-770-3776. What's on your mind? Oh, my God. Now I know what it feels like to be a caller waiting on Tauscher and Wildy. <laughs> Sorry about that, Rob. No worries. It, there's been so much, so many things brought up. Number one, Tupac, California Love. Yep. Great music. Yo. Absolutely. you got to bring that up. The guy arrested was not the killer. He was the shot caller, by the way. Okay. Let's bring it up. Okay. So you had, like, what dog do you want to be? Yes, or, I forgot about you know, that, yeah. <laughs> you asked it, but you didn't yeah. have any collars, buddy. Well, so, I forgot to go back to dogs. it, but I'm glad you called on it. Wolf dogs, beyond the best thing. Bulldog, you said? Wolf dog. I rescued a timber wolf. Oh, wolf. German shepherd one, hybrid. Okay. Yeah, my in-laws oh, have, uh, what is the, huskies, and they love they love the, the husky. They've had multiple... Uh, oh, Huskies are great, too. Yeah, yeah. Australian Shepherd uh, cattle dogs are amazing. Here's the thing. The uh, Golden Retrievers Yeah. that uh, Matt has, mm-hmm. they, they say if you have a heart attack, they will not eat you in your house. <laughs> One of the only animals that won't do it compared nope. to cats and other dogs. They won't eat you? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> well... All right. Well, thank you, thank you, Rob. That's the my dog's gonna be a cannibal if I die by it. Yeah. I don't know if that if cannibal is the right word, but you know what I mean. Yeah, they eat you. No way. That is not know. a that's thing. That's not shocking. Maybe that's only if you have wolf dogs. No. Uh, I mean, would you be surprised if your dog? Let's say your dog, your if my dog eats me. If you like, let's say you and the dog. Let's say you. I don't want to describe a death for you. So let's say something happens and you're in the room with the dog, and then the dog's in there and nobody's coming to find you. The dog at some point eat you to stay alive. Okay, probably because I'm like eat- I start like stanking. Or do you eat the dog to stay alive? I mean, I'm, I'm not eating, not eating mini. I'm not gonna eat mini. <laughs> well, okay, but now I'm just kind of freaked out. It, well, how does my dog know the difference if I'm taking a long nap versus like I'm dead? They have an incredible sense of smell. I think they're gonna be aware. I don't think you have to worry about napping. Prime time, boy, Sean. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just. I'm Would you rather you eat your dog or your dog eat you? <laughs> Serious questions right now. Is this her second Jack Bow question? Would you rather eat your dog or let your dog eat you? What's How that selfless called? are it, you? It's we'll not that, cannibalism, but what is it called? I don't know. What's it called when you eat your pet? <laughs> I think it's just called. I'm not googling on my work computer. No, but like, what what are we like? We're uh, carnivores. Just mammals. It's just eating. I'm not saying it's right. Like it's morally (laughs) like repugnant, but like people eat a lot of things. It's just what we wouldn't do. But it's still eating. I will go to my local grocery store before I eat my dog. Let me just say that. Yeah, I would hope so. (laughs) What kind of dog do you think Ryan is? Uh, TJ from the road says he wants to be nope. a great Dane. I'm gonna nope. leave the rest off of that one, but uh, we'll get to Ryan oh, in a wow. minute. Yeah, eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. If you could be a dog, what type of dog would you want to be described as, or what type of dog would you want to be? Actually, that's how I want to word. 
If you now, how would someone describe you? What breed of dog would you be? Oh. So like okay. if, if someone was going to say, what type of dog are you? What would they say? 844-770-3776. Uh, and then also, would you rather you eat your dog or your dog eat you? Uh, Primetime Warshine? What, what? Are you going to ask me yes. whether or not I would want to eat my dog? Yes. <laughs> well, I'm allergic to dogs, so I actually can't eat my dog. So I guess I'd rather my dog eat me. Wait, what did you just say? I, you I'm say allergic you're allergic to, to your I don't know if that means you can't eat their meat. I think it's like a dander thing. <laughs> okay, so I'd have to skin the dog first before I can eat it. Exactly. Then you're really going to break out in hives. Nate so. Madison says, yeah, you can't, you know, if you're in that spot, you can't waste it. You can't die. Yeah, that's fair. Well, I, I think I'd rather just let the dog live, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll lay down on the fence for this one. I'll lay down on the wire for the dog. It goes back to what I brought up the other day, Molly. They got prime time, and other people all worked up. Of like, you have kids. You're you're gonna have to eat the dog if you have to eat the dog. Puppy tacos, right? <laughs> like Ryan can take one for the team. You can't. You're the team. I got he people wants, to provide for. Right. You're the head coach. You can't. You can't just walk out on your team. Yeah. <laughs> And what type of dog would you be, Ryan? I have no clue. I would. Need I think you'd be like one, like a greyhound. He's got like a greyhound. Because <laughs> so I'm, I'm skittish. Like, what does that mean? I think you're gonna say skinny. Like, you, look, well, you look a little bit look like a greyhound. A little skittish. Yeah, skinny and skittish greyhound. All right. I mean, I'm fast. I yeah, get to we're run wiry. Yeah. I could be a greyhound. Uh, I'll take it. <laughs> Molly. Yeah. What, what's, your, what's what's your dog? Tell me what kind of dog you think I am. Oh no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I only know a few breeds of dogs. Okay, I'm not like super well versed. I'm definitely not a pit bull, but I'm not a chihuahua. French bulldog? Those are cute. Yeah, those are very cute. We have an intern here in the uh, production studio with me today, uh, Terrence. By the way, is, he said he thinks he's a golden retriever, but looking at his hair, he's too curly. He's a golden doodle to me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, looks like a French per, uh, French bulldog personality here. Uh, gentle, friendly, affectionate, and loyal. Totally. You're entertaining, playful, and alert. <laughs> <laughs> Except for when it comes to her microphone and her uh, her energy drink. Dogs, She's playing too much. With dogs the toy make messes not, too. Yeah. <laughs> this is totally Ryan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, he's a greyhound. Is showing to this. <laughs> so we got it established. That uh, Motley is a French bulldog and primetime Wallersheim is a. What is Jim? We have to figure out. You can try 844 770 3776. What type of dog am I if I was a dog breed? Uh, We'll also take other uh, hosts. Is Tosh like a St. Bernard? (laughs) I think Tosh like a St. Bernard. That feels like a shot. No, but like St. Bernard's are great dogs. Totally. But yes, they're big dogs, but like they're big, smart, loyal dogs. They know what they want, but they're nice. Yeah, but I think yeah. they're only nice to like their people, too. And I think Tauscher, like, and we're all part, we're all his people. But like, I think Tauscher's like, you know, he's loyal. He's like a family, big family yeah. dog. So I think Saint Bernard's a compliment. All right, what about Wildy then? Who I don't know. You got one for Wildy? I do not. No. Uh, educator Adam there. Madison says he'd like to be a service dog to get to go everywhere. But that's not what we're asking Adam. We're saying what type of dog would people describe you as? Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. Uh, we also are asking a more philosophical sports question here, our Iron Jack poll question of, as a Packers fan, would you rather Jordan Love be a good QB or Matt LaFleur be a good head coach? 60% of you say QB matters more, and I get that. Felt like Green Bay to me. Because you've seen, and Brian is the right answer, both, that you need both of these things. But that's not what we're asking. Right. So it's really asking what's more important. And I just look at it like I'd rather 
again, just look at like the Jets, the Browns, the Bears, the, these teams that have just missed on the quarterback over and over and over and the over Vikings. again. The, the Well, the, no, Kirk Cousins. Uh, up until a, now. No, no, no. Okay. Up until like Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Really, before that, how many quarterbacks well, have they Dante had? Well, they're Dante Culpepper in there, so like they're not in that mix. Like I'm talking like the Bears have had, I mean, Cutler was never, was never as good as Kirk Cousins or Dante Culpepper. Mm-hmm. Like there's team, like Miami was kind of this until they got Tua. When did, when did Dante Culpepper even play? Let's look it up. You played with Randy Moss, right? Yeah. Because, so but the I, 90s. I don't know. I mean, you just think about like Teddy Bridgewater. They had Sam Bradford. Like they did go well, through. I, I get it. Yeah, like they but, had like those couple that you can I'm say talking, in history. Right, but I'm saying to like Chicago, I the Jets, the Browns, like they're historically trash at quarterback. Yeah, the Vikings had Fran Tarkenton, right? I mean, I mean, I know that's way, way back yeah. in the day, but like he was like a... But they have Randall Cunningham, Jeff George. They've had yeah. years of offensive explosiveness. Chicago, I mean, it has been in New York with the Jets, with Mark yeah. Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. And, I mean, honestly, their greatest quarterback of all time is Namath, and he has like a negative or negative winning percentage, right? Isn't that Or not negative, but below 500, excuse me. Uh, Brandon and Tulsa chimes in. I am a bloodhound. I own one, and they are loyal, smart, and very sweet, just like me. Awesome. Uh, David Deerfield chimes in. Jim would definitely be a French poodle, pampered all the way at the dog show. <laughs> what? Uh, TJ from the road ch- chimes in. A good coach trumps the quarterback. Uh, the Adam Madison said the Bears have trash at QB and coach, with the exception of Lovey. And I get, I don't, I don't know if that's the case. I don't know. Like Jay Cutler was better in Denver for his year or two there than he ever was in Chicago. Like that would be an example. Mitch Trubisky was viewed as maybe he was a Patrick Mahomes, but he was viewed as a top. Four, you know, top three prospect at quarterback. Yep. That Rex Grossman was a first round. Like they've had talented people come through the door, and they've never gotten it right. So that to me says they don't know what they're doing. And Green Bay does because they saw it. They had the blueprint with Favre, and they didn't know what they were doing until they got Favre. I mean, but what they, but they didn't know what they were doing until they had Holmgren and Wolf. Yeah. Like that's how you do it. Is that you need the coach with the quarter. You need both. But if you got the quarterback and no coach, you're screwed. If you got a coach and no quarterback, you can kind of be the 49ers. So so where do you feel like the Packers are right now? Do they have the coach or do they have the quarterback? Oh man. I think I think they have a I think they have a good coach. I don't know about the quarterback yet. But I think their coach, now the offensive line and they're like nobody's perfect. But I think LaFleur has set up this system, not just the coach. The Packers no, they they tried to build a good offensive line. They they thought they had Bakhtiari, Elton Jen- like even if Bakhtiari was out, Elton Jenkins and the other players they had on the offensive line, Runyon, uh, Tom, like this is a this is a good to very good offensive line. It was really good if they had Bakhtiari, and then they have Aaron Jones, one of the best running backs in all of football. They thought they had a good running back in AJ Dillon. So what's good for a young quarterback? A running game and keeping them upright and. An offense here, which this offense with the Titans, with the 49ers, with all these players, is an offense that's designed to let the quarterback just make the first read and make a throw. And they're not necessarily filled with major playmakers on offense. not like they're turning them down. But a slot receiver is the best for the Rams for most of that run. Uh, Dabo is like a... Or, uh, um, Samuel is a, is a good player, but he's not like DK Metcalf. And... The whole offense is humming right now because they have McCaffrey. So Shanahan's done it. Uh, other quarter, teams have kind of done it with this offense. This offense specifically is designed not to need a star. So in this case, I'd rather... 
If I had to like cut bait with one of them, I cut it with Love. We talk about because contract situation. Like if he's just good, and then you got to pay him like he's really good, mm-hmm. you're already behind the eight ball. Because I think he's a quarterback you can win with, but not because of. How much is he supposed to get? Uh, these next two years are okay, but then he's going to jump mm-hmm. to thirty million. But isn't that kind of like the normal market right now? Right, but aren't th- most quarterbacks getting paid forty to fifty million dollars a year? But when you look at teams that win the Super Bowl, outside of Mahomes, no. It's the guys not getting paid that go to the Super Bowl and win. They get there on their rookie deals because you have good players around them. Yes. And then the hope is Mahomes, when you have to pay him that big-time money, gets it done. Look at the Vikings. They pay Kirk Cousins 30 mil. He's not good enough to take you all the way to the promised land. But, but they also haven't built the team around him. He has no offensive line. You can't because you pay him 30 mil. I know, and that, that, that was always the problem with Aaron Rodgers too, though. No, but Aaron got, you, Aaron got the NFC Championship game. Did Kirk ever get any, the Vikings to the NFC Championship game? Uh, has he gotten them there? No, I'm trying to think not. the last time. I don't think so. No, no. So Aaron got maybe Aaron was not Mahomes, but he got you there. Like he got you there. And look at Flacco. Not last year. Okay, but that's the point. You can point out like he got you there more than no, more no, than no. Most. I understand. I'm not saying that he sucks because of it. I'm it's just, just saying more than like, most. that was always a criticism. But now we're gonna say, oh, he was better than everybody else though. But it's always been a criticism that he didn't take the pay cut. He wasn't doing a Tom Brady to build his team he to sh- get there. And he should have. He should have. That's the Packers thing, though, too, if you want to bring that part up. Absolutely. The Packers did not build that trust. Like, Mahomes is going to maneuver his contract over and over again with the Chiefs because it's a good organization. The Patriots did it, too. There was trust both ways. The Packers did not create that trust with Aaron Rodgers so that Aaron wasn't like, I'm going to give you this money so then you can spend it on people because I don't trust you're going to do it. And so, like, that was burned. If there was trust, going all the way back to the Big Bang of Jordan Love, if there was trust and they didn't draft Jordan Love, and they said, we got you these players, and now Aaron says, well, now I'll give you some money back. Go get some more players. The Super Bowl? Like, you always go, you go all the way back to if they didn't draft Jordan Love. It's always the chicken, su- the chicken or the egg. That's how I think of the situation. Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. I believe if they didn't draft Jordan Love, they have another Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. Ooh. And I don't think they're going to win one with Jordan Love. What that means, I don't know. We'll circle back on it. This is Roger Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. California. In honor of Tupac Shakur's murder being solved, would you rather have a great coach or a great QB? And I'm really asking this like starting your career. Because obviously if you have Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady at the end of their career, it works out, Molly Brown. But before they get there, Tom Brady was a six-round pick. He kind of proves my point. Tom yeah. Brady was a six-round pick. They saw something in him that said this fits our system. They had the right way. I don't mean like offensive system. I mean like structure. I mean the whole thing to build and develop a quarterback. Okay. And New England did it. They took and we all saw Tom Brady at the combine. They took a pile of Play-Doh <laughs> and carved it into the greatest quarterback of all time. If Aaron Rodgers is on the 49ers, I don't think he's Aaron Rodgers. 
Like those are the stances I'm taking here, and that's what I'm trying to get at. What do you What do you think he is if he's on the 49ers? I, I think he's better than Alex Smith because he's more. Actually, I don't know. I don't. I, I think he's a quarterback who plays in the league ten years. So do you think he had a good coach when he was in Green Bay? Is that what you're saying? You think? Yeah, Mike McCarthy developed. Okay. I mean, Aaron Rodgers will tell you that the quarterback camp there used to be able to do, and Mike McCarthy was viewed as an offensive guru for a while. Like he was viewed as a guy who could get things done. I mean, he brought in Tom Clemens his last year in Green Bay. Like right, but I mean, like he McCarthy knew what he was doing. Like McCarthy developed Aaron Rodgers. He was also one of the guys who chose not to draft him with the 49ers as well. So well, I mean, he's QB coach. Yeah, QB coach selects and has an input on the quarterback. He's not the selection. final decision maker there. But he has a big... Okay, well, what is point your point to that? My point of, this, of that is that how much do we really think that he was identifying and like helping Rodgers But that's grow? not what I'm asking. No, Aaron Rodgers will tell you that Mike McCarthy QB schools, with Green Bay, the extra training that he was able to get in Green Bay... Aaron Rodgers will tell you this, that Mike McCarthy was very key in the early development of Aaron Rodgers. And but, being able to sit behind Brett Favre was a big part of the development of Aaron Rodgers. But do you, but because of that, do you think if he had gone to San Francisco and perhaps he played for a bad team for a few years, he would have just ended up being a veteran, like a journeyman? Yes, because I think that can destroy a quarterback. For, even for Aaron Rodgers? Yes, I think you can destroy great quarterbacks. So if Patrick Mahomes is playing for the Jaguars, you think he could just end up I don't think they reached their ceiling. That's my point. I don't know how far, I don't know how much he gets destroyed. But I don't think Aaron Rodgers reaches his ceiling with the 49ers. So you believe that Matt LaFleur is a good coach, correct? I think he is a better than league average coach. So with your, I think, with your philosophy that you're saying then, you think that Packers fans shouldn't be worried about Jordan Love because he has a coach like Matt LaFleur to shape him into being a really good quarterback. So King Troll, how should he ask this question? I need to add context to it. Would you rather today have Jordan Love or Justin Fields? What team? And that's why this is how I came to it. Let's say I was asked this question la- today. Would you rather the- have Jordan Jordan Fields, Jordan Love, or Justin Fields with Matt Lafleur as their head coach? Justin Fields, like why? from the, like drafted from the beginning. So if I like, let's say that, the like, same story Justin Fields here, here's, has. Here's why I put it: Justin Packers. Fields would have been better as a Green Bay Packer, and he would have been better than Jordan Love. Okay. He would. That's the point. Not with the Bears. He would not have done it with the Bears. And so I was asked this in the bullpen. This was kind of the impetus for the question. Justin Fields, if he was picked by the Packers and could do the exact same thing that Jordan Love did, Justin Fields has a better career than I think Jordan Love will have and would have been great. It won't happen. The Bear like the Bears ruined. He's done. He's cooked. He's never if if Justin Fields went to Green Bay tomorrow, it ain't happening. Jordan Love will have now have a better career than Justin Fields. He is a better quarterback than Justin Fields. But my point is that you're not just born to be a quarterback. And this and forget even Lafleur. This system, this system is designed, and this is a compliment to the Packers. This system, Tennessee, Atlanta, uh, Los Angeles, even Detroit. Now, you don't need the star. Mm-hmm. You can win with good. And elite's great, but elite is what? Who's elite right now in this league? Who's elite right now in this league? Uh, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. No, nope. I would call him there. Good. I don't know about elite. What about Josh Allen? No, no, no. He's too Joe messy. Burrow, Patrick Mahomes. Nope. Joe Not even Burrow. Joe Burrow. No, Joe Burrow is. Lamar Jackson. Would you put him in the no. elite nope. tier? Uh, not Trevor Lawrence. Not Dak Prescott. So mm. I mean, Joe Burrow. Uh, 2021, 70% completion percentage, 4,600 yards, 34 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. 2022, 4,447 uh, seven, uh, seven yards, 
68% completion percentage, 35 touchdowns, 12 picks. Like, I mean, he is, and in his rookie year, he was crushing it until he got hurt. This year's not great, but Joe Burrow's there. I was going to say, I'm, I'm thinking about this year. No, 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 like, but I mean, like, you get a pat, like, okay. I'm not going to, to run this through here. Uh, and, like, Robin Madison, uh, RG3 got ruined, David Carr, Andrew Luck walked away from football. He got just beat up and was mm-hmm. just tired of it. Like, I just think that, like, Ryan... Like Ryan Leaf's different because he had the the side the mental issues like I mean, he had drug problems and drinking problems but like I just these are human beings like this is the part we're removing like if you went to your job we have skill find we have strength finders here mm-hmm. the whole point of the strength finders is because we know as human beings as people in a productive workforce you need to be put in a position to maximize your strengths so why would that be different in the NFL it does it's not a perf, it's not a perfect solution Trey Lance didn't work out. Like, it doesn't mean it's going to work. But Trey Lance was viewed by not one team, all the teams, as a premier prospect. Look at that draft with Justin Fields. So you had Justin Fields cooked. Mac Jones on his way out. Mac Jones, everyone loved Mac Jones. He's a good example for Jordan Love. Everyone loved Mac Jones after his first year started. Look at this guy. He's only going to get better. He got worse. Bad coaching. Yeah, he lost his offensive coordinator. That, that is yeah, you, that's the point. They, that's they, fair, but they, they also replaced him with Matt two Patricia. defensive coordinators. Right, exactly. That's, that's far worse. That's a different than just having but, a. But average that's my to point. So you didn't you didn't maximize you. Yes, there's a but, cap on all okay, those quarterbacks. But okay, you, but you've he, also brought up the 49ers multiple times. Yeah. But yet you're talking about Trey Lance that that one didn't work out. Right, I mean, it's never a hundred percent. Jimmy G was a guy that. They got the most out of Jimmy G. My point is, when you have the right quarterback and the system, and like, and I mean like the infrastructure, maybe that's a better word, more often than not, you're going to maximize. Because Trey Lance had injuries, COVID, like a lot of things screwed that up. That was out of their control. Mm-hmm. But Brock Purdy's a guy that they literally pulled off the scrap heap, and Daryl Deerfield said that they doesn't even count towards the, the salary cap because only the top 51 players count against the cap. Or the top, so I mean, and Brock Purdy makes about a million dollars a year. Like that would be the example for Kyle Shanahan that they went from Jimmy G. They missed on Trey Lance, but Trey Lance had mitigating factors, and then now they maybe have hit with Brock Purdy. Now hit in the idea of you can only maximize it. Like you can't turn, you can't turn, let's say Justin Fields into Aaron Rodgers. But could have Justin Fields been the best version of himself with Green? Now. Asterisk here, Justin Fields can't run this offense. Like, that's not his skill set. So I just mean the infrastructure in Green Bay is correct. Like, I don't think Justin Fields succeeds in this offense. If, if Justin Fields had been more successful, it would have been like Buffalo or Carol or like the 49ers offense with Greg Roman when they ran the Cam Newton offense down in Carolina. Like, that would have been it. Like, that's what would have worked for Fields. They didn't do that. And it's, I think it's done. I think he's cooked. Like, mentally, the whole thing is just done. You could go to Mitch Trubisky. Every question post game was, why isn't he rolling out? Why aren't they having to run more? Well, they wanted to turn him into Patrick Mahomes because that's where Matt Nagy came from. So Patrick Mahomes do it, so why can't anyone do it? Mm-hmm. So again, I just think it's so much about coaching. And my point is, like, Jordan Love, whatever he ends up being, I think you can feel pretty good the Packers, give or take a little bit, are going to get the most out of him. They have the infrastructure in place. And Matt LaFleur, at a bare minimum, is not a bad coach. 
Is he top 10? How can know. you say that now, though? Because we're literally only four games because in to seeing him Love- as an actual coach. We're four games in. Jordan Love- we, we have been saying for how many years that he's hiding behind Aaron Rodgers. We're going to find out who he is without Aaron Rodgers. But yet, now after four games without Aaron Rodgers, you're willing to say he's a great coach. What I'm, he's no, great. No, no, I didn't say great. Okay, he's I, a really good coach. No, I said, no, I didn't say that either. I said he's not a bad coach. I think he's a good coach. I okay, didn't say he's really a good, good coach. I think, he's a good, I think he's a good coach. I think you have to give After him- four games, yet he constantly says in his post-game press conference, Press conferences. Oh, I shouldn't. I shouldn't have abandoned the run. Shouldn't have abandoned the run. Right, but that's what coach, the that's a coach. And then he made the decision of keeping you Joe Barry. To be, you're asking him to be a perfect coach. I'm not asking him to be a perfect coach. Yes, you are. No, I'm you're not. A, you are because I'm saying be realistic. Don't abandon the run. Don't activate. Okay, Jordan, but Aaron in that Jones. game, your quarterback was playing like trash. I'm not and you saying Jordan Love was, feel, was playing so great. What are you supposed but according to, do to your logic, twenty-seven to three. And that's but you're going. You're going micro. You're going according to your logic. It doesn't matter how Aaron or. The way that Jordan Love plays is based on if Matt LaFleur is a good coach. Right, but this So game, he was playing like garbage. Okay, but you're going micro. I'm talking macro. I'm talking at the end of the year, Jordan Love will have the we best only, Go ahead. Go. Have the best season. You're focusing on a specific game. I'm talking for the year or for their career, they're getting the most out of them. We no. only have a small sample size to but, look okay, at. Okay, I'm not going to you can't, you can't just write off what LaFleur did. You can't That's why I would say that he is a I, I I can't say he's not a good. He's not a bad coach. And I think he's at a bare minimum a good coach. Now, what happens now? He can go from good to bad. Mike McCarthy, I think, went from good to bad coach. I think Mike McCarthy went from an innovator to a guy who now is viewed as like old school type QB. Like Lafleur has to like stay up with things and continue to like. What does he learn from this game? Does he go back to what he was doing? Because the game plan against Chicago, now Chicago was terrible, was perfect. The game plan coming out of halftime against Atlanta was right there. Uh, the the New Orleans like they had moments, so we don't know. But also, Jordan Love could just be bad, and maybe that's why the offense isn't working. But I love that you say, "What does he learn from this game?" Because I feel like in his post game press conference, he did say what he learned. Right? He, but he shouldn't has have to abandoned do it. the run. Exactly. I've heard so many but he's coaches been say, saying exactly. I've heard yeah. him say it so many times, with or without Aaron Rodgers, we abandoned the run. We shouldn't have done it. We deviated from the plan. So, I'm sorry. So you think last night's game was on Jordan Love or Matt Lafleur? Um. Mixture of both. I don't think it's. Well, right. I don't think it's like one or the other more so, but like we knew that there was going to be these problems with Jordan Love. We knew that there was going to be growing pains. We knew it. With Matt LaFleur, that is your job to control those growing pains in order to make your team successful. I think every excuse that people are trying to pile on to Jordan Love should apply and to it- Matt LaFleur. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. Nice chill vibes on a Friday. I'm like 98% back, Molly Brown. I still got this random. I got a frog in my uh, throat. I have to clear every once in a while. But I swear to God, I was sick for two weeks. I hate when school comes back. It was one of these sicknesses of like like a head cold. But it was that was like that kind of came and went really quick. It was utter exhaustion all the time. Mm, like yeah. literally doing anything. Even coming in to do the show was like, all right, I got to gear up for the show. And that was kind of like the rest of the days were like, ah. I got to do this. I got to do this. But like no extra pep or energy and kind of just doing the bare minimum to get mm-hmm. through the day to be a productive enough. Like it just was dragging. I feel good today. It's a good day. 
Uh, not because the Packers. Like, it literally has nothing to do with it. Because I felt good yesterday. I've been on this this climb up, but I got that frog in my throat still a little bit. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. It's a Friday. It's five o'clock. And you're on your way home, Overreaction Friday, call in 844-770-3776. We've been talking about the quarterback and the coach because, really, that's all that matters, in my opinion. That's really all that matters is, is the quarterback and the coach, uh, are they the best combo to get the most out of each other? And we asked the question as a Packers fan, would you rather Jordan Love be good at QB or Matt LaFleur be good as a head coach? I said, LaFleur, the head coach, matters more. And I don't know how good LaFleur is, Ali Brown, and I don't know how good Jordan Love is. But I am confident in saying that if you don't have the right infrastructure as an organization, and maybe that was the better way to phrase it, but if you don't have the right infrastructure as an organization, which includes the head coach and offensive coordinator, you got no shot with a quarterback. You're not going to maximize their talent. Aaron Rodgers isn't the same guy. Because that 49ers team is not the one that passed on Aaron Rodgers that Mike McCarthy left, I think, like that same year or a year later, uh, he was a QB coach of. That 49ers team was not this team. This was far away. I think this was even pre-Jim Harbaugh. I mean, that, that was a long time ago. This was not this organization with Lynch and Shanahan and their winning awards as executives and coaches of the year. That's not this group. That 49ers team was, that 49ers organization was kind of a mess. Look at Seattle. The Seattle right now run with, uh, won with Russell. Mm-hmm. Now they're winning with Geno Smith. And so, Pete Carroll, he won with Drew uh, Bledsoe. And he didn't get a Super Bowl, but he got to the Super Bowl. Wait. Oh, my God. Wait. I just totally thought you went bucks on me for a second. I heard Bledsoe, and I'm like, Bledsoe? No. Drew Bledsoe with uh, <laughs> the Patriots quarterback. Pete yes. Carroll was the coach there and took that team to Super Bowl that lost to the Packers. We're going to win a six. With Favre. So, I think there's certain coaches that build the right infrastructure. Forget the play calling. Forget the rest of it. Like That's all minutia. I'm talking about building a structure to develop a quarterback and put him in the best position to succeed. The Packers have already done that with Jordan Love. I'm not talking game to game. He had an opportunity to learn uh, his new mechanics, his new footwork, his new offense over four years, and he got to do it behind closed doors. And I think that's ideal. Maybe he didn't need four years. Sounds like maybe he did, but I think I don't know if every quarterback needs two years. Mahomes got a year of it. He didn't get until, I think, late his rookie year, and I think it was blowouts that the Chiefs had already... Uh, you know, got in the playoffs clinch with Alex Smith as QB, and then they went to Mahomes. He got a whole year to sit back there and clean up what he needed to work on. He didn't have to come into the game. You know who? Mitch Trubisky, throwing in early. Bad. Ruined confidence. Justin Fields, throwing in early. Bad. Ruined confidence. You can go to, you can go around the league. I'm just pointing to the team that we've mm-hmm. all seen. Like the Jets throw guys in too early. Zach Wilson, too early. Bad. Ruined confidence. So these guys, we don't know what's going to happen with Bryce Young. He's already, does not look good, and he's hurt. So it's... It's just, but isn't it interesting what you're saying, right? So, the Packers have been lucky in the sense that they have a quarterback before they need to get a quarterback, and I think that's exactly what Brian Gutekunst was trying to do, drafting Jordan Love when he did, right? Mm -hmm. But exactly what you were saying before is they could have had Jalen Hurts in the second round and not upset your quarterback, and then been in a position where you're going to Jalen Hurts right now. Yeah, for sure. yeah, no, it's interesting because earlier in the show you were saying that you think that if they wouldn't have drafted Jordan Love when they did, they would have had another Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. But yet... Because in like, this who, world they would have T. Higgins, they would have had their fourth-round pick, and Aaron Rodgers would have believed in the team. They could have. We don't know for sure, but they could have. T. Higgins was, was available within the realm yes. of where they would pick. And Pittman was too. So there was two good wide receivers available right there. So 
I'm not pulling something out of a hat. My general rule is if they're within five picks of when you would have picked, I think you can say that that player could have been on the team. So that's, in my imaginary world, they, t- they take T. Higgins, and then they um, keep their fourth-round pick. But most importantly, Aaron Rodgers is happy. He gives money back. They spread the money around. They keep Devontae or whatever, and now they go win. They get that last little piece because it's not. I mean, they got the two NFC Championship games. I'm not going crazy. Like I mean, like just saying they marginally get better by not having a quarterback sitting on the bench, at least that, instead of a first round pick. Okay. So my question would be, but then, but what? What? Okay. So in your scenario, do they pick up Jalen Hurts then, and then does he sit on the bench for four years, three years, like Jordan Love did too? I guess, but so. But here's my point: you could have drafted, like, let's say you needed a QB. Mm-hmm. If you have the right infrastructure, it's never perfect. Russell Wilson was third round, though. Tom Brady was six. Like, if you have the infrastructure, Brock Purdy was Mister Irrelevant. Couldn't you all like get a guy third, fourth round that you believe fits your system and what you do well, and you develop him? And if he's ready, and Aaron Rodgers is still around and he's still better, you trade him. You're not invested because it's a third-round pick, and you just do it again. The Patriots had Tom Brady, and then they drafted Jimmy G. They traded Jimmy G for what they drafted him for. So I get it was the right idea to draft a QB when they did. Now, again, the fourth, and I don't want to make this about Jordan Love and the drafting part of it. I just want to say that I think the Packers, because they've had the blueprint over the last two QBs, have the right infrastructure and the right blueprint. The blueprints are in the building how to develop a quarterback. Now, that's not usually the case for most teams. Mm-hmm. The, the Bears, the Jets, the Browns. They got it's just a dumpster fire. Like, like they have to find they can't find anything. It's just a disaster. Green Bay's got the blueprints. Uh, maybe they can sit down and go over the blueprints at Ruth Chris Steakhouse in Middleton, the best uh, happy hour in town. The sizzle, swizzle, and swirl happy hour over at Ruth Chris Steakhouse. A Friday, it's gorgeous outside, and they got that patio going on right now. It'd be perfect time to sit out there, have a steak sandwich, drink a Coors Light. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light.